0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast, episode 151. I am Mel from Metal Hammer, and you're L from Metal Hammer. Hello, Elle. Hello, Mel. How the hell are you? I'm okay,
1: which is what I say every week. I need to think of something better.
0: What is wrong with me? I am also okay. We've just come off a deadline, haven't we? So it's always uh, that, that time in the month where we're a bit like, oh, I can see due time, but... Um... <laughs> It's okay. We made it. We've just put to bed another huge issue, which we're going to reveal in a, uh, in a few weeks' time. It's a uh, it's a special edition issue, so it's going to come with lots of bells and whistles. I know lots of people have been asking where are the free gifts and where are the little extras that we always have with uh, issues of Metal Hammer. And there are going to be some special extra bits and bobs with our next issue that um, we think you're all going to like very much. It's a big one um but if you can't wait till then you should go and pick up our current issue that's out right now it's a big tribute to the one and only alexi Leho. it's out in stores across the uk uh, big big tribute featuring a ton of names from across his life bandmates loved ones people that he's worked with people that he knew uh through much of his life they're all in there uh, paying tribute to uh a man who is already much missed and um still feels quite surreal that he's even gone Uh, But you can get those in stores, as I said, across the UK right now, or you can pick it up from tinyurl.com slash gethammer. Um, We also have a few of our Epica bundles left. There's not a lot of them left, but there's still a few hanging in there. So if you're an Epica fan and you want to pick up a special Epica cover edition of our latest issue that comes bundles with a lyric sheet signed by Simone Simons, uh, you can pick that up from tinyurl.com slash epica bundle. Uh, so yeah, loads of stuff out there and we've got even more stuff to come for you guys. Uh and speaking of stuff that's coming, there's a new Gajira album on the way out. Finally.
1: Can't wait. It's gonna be so good, isn't it? Can't wait.
0: It just is. It's just gonna be amazing. The album is called Fortitude. It's out later this year. Uh it looks exciting as hell. We're super stoked about it. Um, and yeah, I mean if this doesn't appear very high in everyone's albums of the year list, I'm sure something would have gone drastically wrong because they are, I mean, you could make an objective argument that they're the greatest modern band in metal. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to say. Uh, They're just incredibly, incredibly tight. And so much of their sound has been copied by people now as well. They're sort of reaching that pinnacle of being like this big metal band and you can see that in the way they've influenced all the younger metal bands but they're still very current still very relevant it's not like they've had a career and then this is kind of the end of it they're right at the peak right right now
0: exactly yeah i'm, I'm hoping that we'll get some kind of uh and i mean i'm sure we will as well kind of a natural evolution i'm from magma because i just love that record so much i know el did as well i think it was both of our albums of the year that year wasn't it and, yeah definitely and i think it, it was
1: just... album of the year as well
0: It was indeed. It was Metal Hammer's album of the year in 2016 and Richly deserved. I can't believe it's been like four, four, by the time this album comes out, it'll be like four and a half years between albums. That's a long stretch, man. We need a in our lives.
1: I'm not sure how that happened.
0: (laughs) Because time is horrible. Uh. But yeah, Fortitude is the name of the album. It is out uh, later this year. We're very excited about it and we'll have all the updates on that over on metalhammer.com. Don't you worry about that. Um we're gonna do a special reader QA this week. Uh so it's nothing but answering your most excellent questions. Uh if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I wanted to ask a question, but I didn't know how, go over to facebook.com slash metal readers. It's where we all hang out. It's where the brilliant readers and listeners of Metal Hammer all hang out as well. And it's where you can uh pose your questions for podcasts like this. Um so we should just get stuck in, I guess, should we? Let's do it. Go on then, you take the first one.
1: I will. This is from Tom Farrow, and he says, What are the best and worst guest spots or features on songs? And I know exactly what you're going to say for the worst.
0: Ooh, go on then.
1: You want me to tell you? Uh, you... No, OK. Uh,
0: shall I do my, I do my no, best? No, I'm going to predict it. <laughs> Can you, what, do you want to predict my best ones as well, or just the worst ones? Just the worst one. OK, I'll, I'll run through the, my best ones then. They're a bit predictable, to be honest, but they are really that good. I'm sure you've got at least one of these as well, I'll, um, i've got neil fallon on blood of thunder uh, i've got kerry king riffing on no sleep till brooklyn classic and I, I always forget he's actually in there until i was doing a bit of research on cameos uh recently um for this very question in fact <laughs> and uh, i saw him in the video and it's just yeah what a song uh maynard's on passenger of course um just an all-time great uh collaboration between maynard and deftones still remember everyone being gutted that maynard didn't come out for passenger with deftones at download 2006 because tour were literally playing right after deftones why didn't that happen um aussie on stillborn by black label society absolute classic uh and for some more recent ones um i've got uh chino on embers by Lamb of gods um still remember the first time we were listening to that track, L and we were just like, is that Chino? Oh my god, it's Chino Moreno. I love of god. Oh my god. So good. So so good. Uh and I've got Rob Halford on Lift Me Up by Five Finger Death Punch as well. I love his rhymes on his rhymes, making sound like a rapper. I love his verses on that. Really, really good. Um, yeah, just like a kick-ass celebratory heavy metal track. So that's really good. So yeah, maybe a bit predictable, but that's because they're good choices, so what are your favourite? Guess what's L?
1: I love that Ember's one, so good. Uh, well, Tool Passenger, Maynard James Keenan is my absolute favourite. I just love that song so much. And then that was sort of my classic choice. And then my recent choice was Baby Metal on Kingslayer by Bring Me the Horizon because their collaborations are just kind of immersive because. I remember we had Steve on here and he was saying he didn't really like it because it was like a baby metal song, not a Bring Me song. But I kind of like that. It literally sounds like they mashed their two styles together, not just that baby metal appeared on it. So I think that's a really cool modern crossover. And in that vein, I also like Grimes on Nihilist Blues as well. They've done some really good collaborations.
0: Um, yeah, no, I, I love that. I'm sorry, I thought you were going to say something else. I love that Grimes tune um, uh, with Bring Me. That's so good. And is it Grimes? No, it's Light that's on um, uh, Crucify Me, isn't it? Which is probably my favourite Bring Me song.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say for a minute, what's the Papa Roach one that's got a really nice guest spot on it?
0: The Jarris Johnson
1: recently. I like that. The Jarris Johnson collaboration. He's a TikTok dude and they did Oh, that's Resort Reloaded. Quite like that as well.
0: Oh, I thought that was awful. I mean, I, I applauded them for doing it because I just thought <laughs> nah, man. I, I applauded them for doing it, but I just thought that was one of those where it's a good idea and it helps push Papa Roach to a whole different generation, which is great. But the actual, like, it butchered one of the greatest metal songs of all time, man. I just can't be doing with that version of it. I like it. Well, you can listen to it it it. then, and I'll stick to the original, like the miserable, crusty old new metaler I am.
1: You definitely do that. I think it's one of those things that will probably age really badly in the same way that all of the kind of, um, collaborations with the sort of um, Skrillex-type bands. Some of them have aged well and some of them have aged badly, and I think it might age very badly, but I quite like it just at the moment.
0: I mean, to oh, be fair, we, we still we still hold it down for that corn, those corn tracks with Skrillex. Love so. those.
1: Love those. Um, I was thinking of Skylar Grey, actually, with Papa Roach. She was on Periscope. Uh,
0: fair dues to them. Uh, go. go on, then. Guess my uh least favorite um i'll be quite surprised if you guessed both of these i've got two shouts from my worst and then the same band
1: your least favorite is corey taylor on the corn song a different world
0: <laughs> yes it is that is one of the ones i put yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> because you think he sounds like an old man shouting at a cloud
0: he literally sounds like an old man just shouting at a cloud in that song i also put fred durst and all in the family which i kind of didn't really like at the time i loved that track well not at the time it was slightly before us but when i listened to it for the first time i loved that track but when we did um corn for the hall of fame a few months ago we revisited that track and it's not aged well at all um but yeah Corey taylor on a different world man i'm sorry it's not a good cameo he literally is like he just sounds like he's telling some kids to get off his lawn like i just can't be doing with it <laughs>
1: yeah i like it but it's hard for me because um, i just like most corn songs really so i think yeah i just kind of accept it as part of being part of corn world it doesn't bother me but your reaction to it i was just it was just really funny
0: (laughs) (laughs) um what's yours do you have any shots for than now
1: i think just metallica and lou reed and lulu which is obviously a whole record but I do think it is good that Metallica are a band that try different things and experiment. And I was speaking to Lars and he said, you know, oh, if someone said to you, like, Eleanor, you can collaborate with your favourite artist, wouldn't you do it? And it's like, yeah, obviously. So no disrespect to them. It's just not for me.
0: That's fair enough. And, yeah, probably a good shout, really. Uh, I kind of feel like this next question from George Willoughby might be a little bit more in my ballpark. Maybe, oh um <laughs> george willoughby george i don't want to be presumptuous um but uh george willoughby has said top five post 2000 maiden songs obviously we're, i'm including the year 2000 in this because we've got to count bravely and well that otherwise, it's just ridiculous but yeah top five post 2000 iron maiden songs did you bother with this one <laughs> i did yeah i oh, picked on, very
1: obvious choices i picked blood rub- blood brothers, which is my favorite yes. one uh, out of the silent planet. Oh,
0: I love that tune.
1: It's good tune. And then obviously like brave new world ones. And then I went for book of souls ones. I went for, if eternity should fail death or glory. And then just for a laugh, I picked empire of the clouds.
0: <laughs> no, come on. The, re-
1: the reason I picked it is because of the, um, airship story.
0: Oh yeah. Um, when, <laughs> 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 basically the short the, the short way of telling this story is that when we were doing uh our big cover feature on the book of souls when that album came out um this this kind of tells you how ridiculous the one of our maiden is because our boss at the time uh and man who's been on this podcast alexander Mylas wanted us to do a big thing on the airship as uh, as um he kind of put it at the time and now Al put all this work into commissioning and explaining this big airship thing And then because there were different multiple uh, aero vehicles associated with Iron Maiden at that time, we realised that um, you spent about (laughs) three days putting together a thing on the wrong airship. (laughs) Like, how? I can't remember which one you did instead, because it was supposed to be the one that Empire of the Clouds was about, wasn't it?
1: Well, I hadn't heard the album because the album was really restricted to people who had to hear it for the feature so we were in a meeting and he just said oh the final song is about an airship can you do a special feature on the airship and Bruce Dickinson had invested in an airship so I got in touch with their management and asked for like these blueprints and information about the airship he'd invested in but it was actually that was mine. it yeah, it, was historic, it was about a historic airship
0: I forgot so then, that was it. Yeah, he, he, he invested in some massive, crazy looking new airship that was due to come out. I don't know if that ever was a thing in the end, was it? I don't know what happened with that.
1: I don't know. And then Empire of the Clouds is about this historic airship. And so on the day we went to press, I found um, like this massive airship like academic guy and just called him and was like, can you tell me about this airship? And so we we worked it out and we did a feature on the right airship, but it wasn't the thing you wanna hear on the day you go to
0: press. <laughs> Never has the word airship been used so frequently on a heavy metal podcast. Uh Yeah, <laughs> literally the only band in the world where that could happen. And, I mean, I like Empire of the Clouds, but it's not even in my top, probably five tracks on that album. Um uh But I think there was a fine choices. Um I've got some of those as well. I have, did you have Wicker Man in yours?
1: No, I didn't oh how can you not have wicker man i mean i don't know
0: <laughs> uh yeah i've got wicker man in mind because it's like just uh, it, after i'd probably actually put it on a par with um Asus high for the greatest i've uh, made an opener ever like every time they drop that track i lose my fucking mind i love it uh and it was the first song that actually got me into iron maiden so i'm probably a bit biased um i've done this in a kind of chronological order of the albums they came out so i've got wicker man i've got blood brothers as well uh, as you said it's an unbelievable song all-time classic um, i've got passion dale off of um dance of death which remains just one of the greatest Maiden songs ever absolutely incredible um uh, i knew what my pick off book of souls would be but i didn't know what else to put now i did think about if eternity should fail because that's an amazing track but i went with the greater good for the greater good of god off of uh A Matter of life and death because um that whole album is just stunning and that's probably my favorite track off it and i loved it when they revisited it uh on the last tour and then from book of souls i've got the red and the black which is just stunning and i think if it weren't for the fact that empire of the clouds was so long and was about a giant airship i feel (laughs) like the red i feel like the red and the black would have been the song that everyone uh everyone would be kind of talking about to this day because it's a classic it's a classic um but i honestly could have picked 50 songs from the post 2000 era then i could have been gassing on about him so cool thanks george i love that question almost as much as i love this next question from chris lloyd which we have been (laughs) agonizing over for the past two days and i think we've just about got away with it do you want to read the next question though
1: this was a really hard question chris lloyd asked You are tasked with creating the ultimate metal compilation album of only 10 songs. The catch is each of the songs you put onto this album must be in the same track position as they were on their original album. E.g. Aces High, Breaking the Law, Laid to Rest, Hit the Lights could only be song one on the album. Which 10 songs do you pick?
0: i love doing this question because um <laughs> i've actually El, El shaking her head. i don't know i did enjoy love doing this one because uh, i'd actually already done quite a lot of uh these kind of things um me and my mate jack will have, have this ongoing thing where we just pick like a top five that we have to both answer or like a list that we have to do and we have actually done this with specific bands before So like, I've done this with Metallica and I've done this with Maiden and some others. And uh, I came prepared basically. Um, I'm pretty happy with mine for the most part. I think I smashed it. I actually think track one was probably the hardest one to pick because there's just so many classic metal openers, but I thought I'd start at the source and go classic and old school. So I went with my favorite Black Sabbath song, uh, the title track of my favorite Black Sabbath album, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, literally my favorite heavy metal riff ever written. Um just opening with that I just think would be colossal. So Savas my number one, uh, then we go turbo for track two, uh, cause I've got people equal shit by Slipknot. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what,
1: it's a track two, it's the second track. I just love the idea of like, people who are like well into classic castle just like sitting down with this compilation and being like yeah sabbath this is exactly how it should be and then three minutes later <laughs> <got people> <laughs> who-
0: <laughs> here we go again motherfucker yeah we're doing this do you want metal or not we're going in <laughs> uh yeah people equal shit i i i when i'm when uh i was thinking about my first tracks so i thought of people equal shit as, as a potential number 1 but then i realized there's an intro track on the ior so it's number 2 so it works uh number 3 a bit more of a party vibe maybe i've got got the life by corn uh we are very much in late 90s early 2000s territory now uh and track 4 um i should say as well that these songs aren't all necessarily uh, you know, my favourite um, my favourite songs by these bands, but uh, you know, they're, they're all icon- they're, maybe sometimes I've gone for like the more iconic um, bands rather uh, songs, sorry, rather than uh, my personal favourite um, and that's kind of what I've done with Track 4 for this because I picked My Last Serenade by Switch Engage, which is obviously one of their all-time great songs. It's not necessarily my favourite Switch song, but um, it's one of their very best known and I think it sits quite nicely in there. So number four, I've got My Last Serenade by Killswitch Engage. Uh, number five, I've gone for an In Flames track, one of my favorite metal bands of all time. Again, it's one of their heavy hitters. not necessarily my very favorite song, but it's one of their most iconic. So for track five, I've gone for Cloud Connected. I, I love that
1: song. Fucking such, love that song.
0: Such a banger, isn't it. And I think with the good thing with all of these is just like, if you know these tracks, like hearing them one after the other, like hearing the intro, to, hearing this fucking snare on, um, uh got the life and then hearing that melodic intro to life serenade and then hearing the for cloud connected it's just such a banging run um you can tell i've really geeked out over this track six the biggest uh metal song of the 21st century i reckon um billions of fucking views and streams and all the rest of it absolutely iconic again not necessarily my favorite song by system of a down but it's by far their biggest i've gone to *Chot um And from here on in, it just gets bigger and bigger, really. I've got Chop at number six. Number seven, I've got Creeping Death. Um, I was going to have Fade to Black as my Metallica pick, but I decided to go with Creeping Death because it's like a metal compilation. So I thought I'd have to go for the quintessential metal song. Um, Obviously, I was going to go with Iron Maiden at some point. And I did actually think about, ca- I know that the question asked for 10 picks, but I did actually think about capping my picks at eight so I could finish on Hallow Be Thy Name because I think it's the greatest heavy metal song ever written. Um, but when I realised what my number 10 could be, I was like, okay, we can keep going. So I've got Hallow Be My Name for number eight. My number nine, I struggled with this a little bit, to be honest. Um, I decided to go with an Aussie track. I know that means Aussie's making two appearances because I picked Sabbath earlier, but it's fucking Aussie Osborne, he's allowed. Uh, so I went with Shot in the Dark for number nine bit cheesy bit euro you're kind of pomp synthy stuff going on there but um it's a classic so i'm i'm backing it anyway and then obviously number 10 i had to finish with Rain in blood because how could you not um so that's my list i am very happy with it i would mosh to this what is your list l
1: If I was in a bar and those songs came on, I'd be that really annoying, over enthusiastic person every time the song changed. Like, I love this song. I love this song. Just generally being annoying.
0: I, too, remember our nights out at Big Red.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nights out, a thing of the past. No, a thing
0: of the future, Al, a thing of the future.
1: True. I found this really hard. Uh, If you listen to this podcast regularly, you'll know that I hate rating things, but that's my job. So here we go. I have gone with, a disclaimer, this is a mixture of songs that I think people should hear as examples of what metal is and songs that I just really like. That's kind of how I did it. I started off being quite objective about it and being like, oh, if someone said, what is metal, these are the 10 tracks you'd do. And then by the end of it, I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to put in some songs I like. So nice. number one is Enter Sandman by Metallica. Because that's the song I always choose when people say if an alien came down and you had to play them a metal track, what would you pick? Because it's just massive and crosses all generation- generations. So that's my number one.
0: Big my choice. number
1: two is Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Because wow. you have to have Sabbath in here or it's not a proper metal compilation. And that is a classic Sabbath song. Number three, is actually the same as yours, Merlin. It's Got the Life by Korn, a good party starter. It's not my favourite Corn song, but it was the one that fitted in most easily to the number rule. (laughs) Number four, I've gone for Duality by Slipknot. Oh, my
0: God, these are big songs.
1: (laughs) Well, I love the song, and it's also just another one of those if you want to know what metal sounds like, here's a Slipknot song. It's no people equal shit though, Merle, is it? (laughs) No. Number five, I've gone with Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Um, Again, not my favourite Nine Inch Nails track, but the biggest Nine Inch Nails track and a good example of what they do. Number six, I've gone with Living After Midnight by Judas
0: Priest. Oh, I was gutted that I couldn't fit any priest on here. That was one of the bands that I was really annoyed I couldn't fit in.
1: Yeah, that's another thing where if an alien came down, you'd be like, yeah, Judas Priest of Metal. And that song, whenever it comes on, when you're in a bar or something, it's just like, yeah, Judas Priest. Number seven, I've gone for Parabola by Tool, which is just Mm. one of my favourite songs. And I knew that it would be quite easy to fit in because track sevens on records are probably not the most, you know, single worthy ones, whatever. And I, I knew this was track seven and it's an awesome track. And it's good to have a little bit of more progressive metal on there, something a bit different to the straight-up stuff. So then, you know, if it's an introduction, people will be like, oh, what's this? Number eight, I... I've gone with In The End by Linkin Park. Papercut's actually my favourite song, but I can't have that one. So <laughs> I've gone with In The End. Number nine, Passenger by Deftones. I said earlier, I just think that song is phenomenal um what a track nine i can't think of many other albums where my favorite track on it would be a track nine it's quite rare
0: nice. and
1: number 10 the same as you raining blood by slayer because you have to have slayer and what better song than raining blood
0: yes it's got a like i think there's a lot of arguments for what should open a thing like this but i think if i mean if you can find a better track 10 than raining blood and heavy metal then Knock yourselves out, because I don't think there's many. I would I would jam and mosh and bop to all your choices, L, will <laughs> find choices.
1: Thanks. Thanks for validating my 10-song album. Now I just need to yes. find someone to play it to. I need to find a metal newbie and then go, what do you think of this?
0: What's your compilation called? Heavy Metal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Heavy Metal.
0: Yes, and mine could be Heavy Myrtle. Oh, that sounds crap. <laughs> oh God, we're on full partridge. Uh, Chris Haylock has asked, "Would you say it's easy or oh, God? This is a loaded question. Would you say it's easy or hard to please the metal community?" I see a lot of content gets moaned about. So it is is it tricky trying to build a magazine that pleases everyone? What do you say to yes. this? Al?
1: Yes, Chris, it is trying to. It is tricky trying to build a magazine that pleases everyone because everyone likes different things. And everyone has a different idea of what metal is. So it's very tricky. I would say a lot of the content does get moaned about. You can see that online. But obviously different people are moaning about different things. The person who moans about System of Down isn't moaning about Slayer or the person who moans about Metallica isn't moaning about Bring Me the Horizon. There's just, yeah, we have to consider all genres and all eras. And there's been if you count from Sabbath, as we know, there's been 50 years of metal. So there are a lot of years of metal to consider and a lot of sub genres of metal to consider. So we always try to build a magazine that covers a spread of eras and genres, but yeah, it's a tricky tightrope to walk.
0: Yeah. I mean, and also those people that are just endlessly moaning on Facebook um they barely read the articles on the site let alone actually picking up the magazine edition of metal hammer as well so we don't worry too much about people that moan um you know social media is a very toxic place and i think if you get too caught up in concentrating on negative comments that might you know be attracted to a certain article you basically ignore the majority of reactions which you normally likes and whatever else and i know it sounds a bit silly to you know, kind of measure yourself in that sense. But if we put something up there and it's reached a ton of people and there's a ton of people that liked it and we can see, because we've got the backend data, remember, that there's a ton of people clicking through to read it, we're not gonna be worried too much about the, you know, a couple of dozen people that are just having a whinge on Facebook because they don't understand the fact that Metal doesn't specifically tailor itself to their very narrow needs. Um, and also, if you're fed up of seeing Metallica you know, pieces or whatever on Facebook, stop commenting on them, because you're adding, to, you're adding to the drive that makes them more popular, that means we keep doing it. Like, it is, we do have lots of other stuff on our, on our Facebook and website as well that you can interact with. If you don't like that stuff, you can ignore it. You don't have to moan. I don't understand the mentality of people that will actually see something on the internet and then go out of their way to moan about it. It's so weird. I've never, I just, I don't know.
1: I don't understand it either. It's a really good point. I just don't understand why you would do that. Just ignore it. If you don't want to read it, don't read it.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's people uh, people are strange, aren't they? But um, you know, we're pretty we're pretty proud of what we do at Hammer and as as I said, most of the people that are on our discussion group on Facebook, uh Facebook.com slash Metalhammer Readers, uh, are all really lovely people. And sometimes they'll have some interesting constructive criticisms that we'll talk to them about. Um, but we very rarely have people just whinging on there because When you actually talk to the people that improperly invest in this music and in this scene, um, they tend not to just be sad twats that moan on Facebook, (laughs) basically. So there.
1: Max James asks, what's your favourite piece of clothing merch that you own?
0: I feel like we did this a little bit because someone asked us what our favourite thing that we've ever spent money on in music was a few weeks ago. So, um, but number one, definitely mine, Maiden T-shirt t- from Twickenham, probably my favourite gig ever, just an epic epic day out, i made in at a stadium in the UK, just crazy and one of the best Eddies ever with the Rugby Ball, um, I love that as well mine's a proper one because it's got the date on the back so it's not one of the ones that you could buy on the website afterwards Um and in terms of just, I mean, oh, uh, my, a more recent version my Metallica S&M 2 T-shirt that I bought at that gig in San Francisco I was going to say last year, 2019 um and yeah so those two are my two favorites because they're tied to very specific um events
1: i don't ever really have a favorite i think at the moment my favorite is my slipknot long sleeve and that's literally just because it's been very cold and i was never <laughs> <laughs> i was never a long sleeve person but obviously they've been co- becoming more popular as sort of 90s fashion researchers and now tons of bands are long sleeves all the time And I just got a few. I've got a Slipknot one, a Sleep Token one. Um, And it's just nice to have something that you can just kind of put on when it's cold and snowy outside. So that's a really boring answer. It doesn't have a memory or anything. I just kind of recently decided to get some long sleeves. Um, It's a cool
0: T-shirt, though. I like that long sleeve.
1: Thanks. I also like my original Papa Roach Infest T-shirt, which I've talked about before. It was a baseball T-shirt, and it's got black sleeves and a white middle bit and it's got red glittery cockroaches on it and I can't wear anymore because uh, I bought it when I was a child and it's too small for me but I like the fact that it was it had this um big red glittery cockroach on it because it was just kind of out of character a bit for metal and new metal it's like here's a t-shirt and here's a big red glittery cockroach on it um, and I thought that was kind of cool. And now it's been like 20 years since Invest as well, so it's a bit of a relic.
0: Oh man. No, it hasn't. Stop saying that. Uh, <laughs> you and you and Taylor. You and Taylor want some negativity on the podcast this week. Uh you and Taylor wants to know if you could completely delete one band or artist from history, who would it be? I'm fascinated to see what Elle says because Elle doesn't really like the negative slant <laughs> with this kind of stuff. <laughs> It's not even just that. It's
1: like, there's lots of bands that I don't really care about. Like, and there's lots of bands that I do really care about. But some of the ones that I'm not too keen on, I don't want to delete because you can see that other bands came from them. Like there's some kind of veteran, like proper old school metal bands where I'm not going to say I'm their biggest fan. But if you got rid of them, we might not have some contemporary bands. So I feel like you have to factor that into the decision. So I just went with most recency bias And I have deleted Iced Earth. Um, Yeah, yeah, I've deleted them because obviously John Schaefer Storms the Capitol, two members have left, so they're basically a deleted band anyway. And also, I've never really been a fan, if I'm completely honest. It's just too trad for me. And I listened to a couple of songs recently just to kind of sort of revisit, given the current context. And they do just seem to rip off Iron Maiden and... Oh, there's no emotion in them and I just don't care about them. I sort of, I don't care about them. I don't think they've really added anything or influenced anyone. And now they've fallen apart anyway. So I just thought, oh, let's just get rid of them then.
0: Yeah, I can't say I'm going to miss never listening to Ice Earth again, to be honest. Um, I know there's a bit of a thing. I'm not saying this with what El just said, but there's a bit of a thing where people come online and be like, oh, so glad I never listened to that band. I'm not, I'm not saying that because I did used to listen to Ice Earth sometimes, but I probably won't again yeah. and that's fine um my pick for band to delete off the face of the earth is uh blood on the dance floor um, oh
1: yeah get rid of them
0: yeah fuck that band and uh everything i've heard around that bands just not um yeah not interested goodbye uh we actually covered them on the podcast once about i mean it's probably like 10 years ago now or something and it's just yeah would not miss um Ben Wilmer asks, how much are you missing gigs? At various points when I catch up with friends, they're all craving gigs so much, even the downsides like seven quid a pint Carlsbergs or how bad the sound is for support bands at Brixton are remembered fondly. (laughs) Uh, But then Ben adds, and yet I'm not missing gigs at all. I wish they were a thing. I feel really sorry for those in the industry, but on a day to day, surprisingly, I'm bothered by their absence. How do you guys feel about it all? Are you missing gigs, Al?
1: Yeah, I am. I think... I'm missing them in terms of the emotional high of seeing a band you really like and something happening in the moment because for me, at least, pandemic life is pretty flat. It's not to say it's terrible, but nothing really happens. I just stay in my house, occasionally go for a walk and then go back into my house again. Whereas with a gig, if it's a band you're really looking forward to, you've got that anticipation of seeing them and then on stage, there's kind of like rush of energy and you don't know what they're going to do, what they're going to play. And then obviously the social aspect as well, because you get to see them um, sometimes with people that you like, who also like that band. And you can all just chat about how cool it is and how exciting it is and how fun it is. And I don't drink Carlsberg, so I'm not missing that.
0: I just find myself really missing um, any kind of like lower level basement venue putting on a metal show with a sticky floor with a pint of beer. That's gonna um, make me feel a bit weird the next day. It. Like I just, I do, I do miss all of it. And yeah, I mean, we're lucky to go to a lot of gigs when the world is normal and you know, some, because that's all tied up in work. Um, you know, sometimes it, it I don't want to say it feels like work, but you know, you're not there in quite the same mentality as you would be if you just bought a ticket and we're going for a bit of a laugh, but, um, you know, I think it's in a week or two, it it'll have been a year since I've been to a show, which was Beartooth at the Roundhouse. And it's just that I don't think since about 14 years old, I've had a year without going to a gig. So it's just, it's really weird. And I'm I'm gagging to, uh, to get back on that again as soon as possible. And, you know, we know it will happen. We just got to be a bit more patient to find out when, I guess.
1: Tor Venn asks, what has been your favourite experience working for Metal Hammer and where do you guys picture the magazine in five years? Keep up the amazing work.
0: Thanks. Uh, What's been your favourite experience working for Metal Hammer? Uh, There's a few that always come to mind. Um, I I, I don't want to just sit here doing like a humble brag about stuff, but I mean, I've been very lucky to do a lot of amazing things for Metal Hammer. In terms of like a one-off experience, I would probably say... It's It's got to be um, going on board Ed Force One for an Iron Maiden cover feature um, across Mexico. Even saying those words and hearing them come out of my mouth. That, it's a proper, like, if my 14 year old self could hear me now thing. Um, just, I, it's not even, you can't even call it like a childhood dream country because Ed Force One didn't exist when I was first into Iron Maiden. So the idea that like you'd be on a plane with Eddie on it flown by bruce dickinson and he sat, stood in front of you in a pilot's uniform being like oh so what do you think of the plane like it's just beyond anything i could have imagined and um you know whatever happens with this strange industry we're in i'll always be incredibly grateful to have experienced something like that it meant so much to me to do it um so that would definitely be my number one um but also in terms of a general thing just doing the golden gods uh every year um You know missed that a lot we haven't done it for a few years now of course um and you know we don't really have plans to do it again in the uk um but it was an immense amount of work that went into that it was almost like an extra job on top of the jobs that we had but it really felt like when you actually got to that venue on that monday night after download and you got to see everyone in the building and you got to see all the bands on stage and it was like a real palpable not just a celebration of metal but a real kind of moment where you could take a step back and just kind of appreciate the industry we are in and the work we do and you know you don't get a lot of those kind of validating moments um at the moment especially in the pandemic um which i know is something that people in all jobs uh probably feel the same way about but um i used to love doing the golden gods because it was just so much fun and such a crazy night and it was always by the skin of our teeth that we always got it done. And it was always a good laugh. And I feel like, you know, if it was the last one we ever do get an Aussie up on stage in 2018 and having Parkway drive, do that insane set with all the pyro was a pretty good way to bow out. I reckon.
1: Yeah, I feel the same. I think some of the awards and the trips that I've done have been my favorite experiences because the awards really felt like the magazine coming to life. It's like, all the readers there, all the industry there, all the musicians there and just everybody being there because they love metal and want to celebrate it. There's a really cool vibe that comes out of them and they were just really fun to work on and be around. And then some of the trips I've been lucky enough to do, just getting to see different cultures and bands and fans in different cultures. I feel like I've been so lucky at Hammer. I've been to Taiwan to see Sonic Headliner Festival I've been to Kathmandu to see Underside put on their Silence Festival. I've been to Tokyo to see X Japan, a massive band over there who um, came out in the 80s and um, sort of reformed and came back. I've been to Navajo Nation to see Alien Weaponry. Um, I've been to Toronto and a couple other places. And it's just amazing to see music and see metal all over the world. And just see how unifying and how global it is, and how everyone shares that passion for it. I feel so lucky to have had that experience. It's been amazing.
0: Fuck yeah! We, we, we've had a. I was about to say we've had a good run. Like, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Um, but uh, obviously, it's you know, you know. Right now or or do or go to a gig
1: right now. But things will things will start up.
0: Exactly, and uh, yeah, it's going to be. I mean, all that kind of crazy stuff we've got to do is. Um, opportunities like that were becoming increasingly rare anyway um in the music industry because obviously the music industry is a set of flux and you know metal isn't quite as like rolling in the big bucks as it maybe was in years gone by uh so yeah like i said we never take those things for granted and um i would just take a trip to bognor regis to chat to Airstorm at the moment let alone <laughs> go <going> to taiwan <laughs> you know I, I would mean?
1: really love to speak to someone in person and that is you know for all the amazing trips we've been on that I feel so grateful for one of the most difficult things in this pandemic that everybody is finding is just that lack of human contact beyond the screen and one of the brilliant things about interviewing people is having that in-person experience where you meet somebody and you get a sense of what you like and you can listen to what they have to say um, and then you can write something that hopefully conveys all that to somebody else and it's it's fine doing stuff on uh, zoom and phone calls and that's the way it is right now but it's so great to be able to just sit down with somebody and um, have a chat with them. I'm really looking forward to that coming back.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's weird. Cause it feels like the, because we're back in like proper lockdown mode, it kind of, it feels a bit surreal thinking back to like summer and stuff when, you know, people were going out a bit more and stuff was kind of happening in a slightly like quasi almost normal way, but not quite. Um, uh, and I remember I actually did, uh, i've done one in face face-to-face interview in the last year which was when i went to um i did the nxt thing with Wargasm, Uh and i remember just how amazing it felt to do an actual proper face-to-face interview with a band and it was only like it was just kind of a fun press junket thingy really but it just felt so good to actually do something like proper and again like you said El, i think a lot of that was just the experience of going into london and talking to people and being around people in a work sense and um yeah like i said i'll go anywhere with just about any band right now not blood of the dance floor but apart from that anyone else would be fine (laughs) um what's joel and i've really struggled to answer this question to be honest it's obvious it's got an obvious answer Oh, OK, because I couldn't think of it. So maybe you could sort me out. Uh, Joel Anthony asked, what's been the best COVID slash lockdown related metal song?
1: Uh, well, actually, I guess he could mean a song that's come out during the COVID lockdown period. but I took it to mean a metal song that is you can link back and relate to COVID and lockdown. And I pick Nine Inch Nails every day is exactly the same. I've seen a lot of people talking about the song because every day is exactly the same when you're in your house and lockdown. And A.A. A. Williams has also covered that in her Songs from Isolation series. She's releasing that record in March, but you can see the material on her YouTube channel.
0: Oh, I took it as meaning COVID-specific, like songs that have been written about this lockdown.
1: Uh, well, Joel's being ambiguous.
0: Oh, Joel. <laughs> uh, no, that's good, though. Um, oh, God, I don't know. I'll pick Parasite E by Bring Me, because it's, its I know it's kind of based on a video game or something, but it's kind of it kind of felt like a bit relevant so that's fine.
1: Yeah it is. It's a whole survival horror thing. So it definitely is relevant. Yeah. I hope that answers your question, Joel. And if it doesn't, please go on the Facebook readers group and um shout at us.
0: Yeah. Be one of those moaners on Facebook, Joel. You'd love that, wouldn't you? Bring negativity <laughs> to the world. Pathetic. No, thanks for <laughs> your question, Joel.
1: I really like co- it.
0: Thanks for your question, Joel. We appreciate you one well, i was joking I, I love you Joel. i don't love you that's too much i like you i consider you a good person thank you for being you uh, david, summers, david summers says uh how many albums are reviewed each year i have as close as you can sometimes um, we review more albums in one issue than another so the number's a little bit in flux but uh, i have as close to an official number as you can get courtesy of reviews editor jonathan seltzer do you know what it is el
1: I did some bad maths by counting the reviews in the last issue and then timesing it by 13, which is the number of issues we have in a year. And I got 741.
0: Oh, okay. Jonathan said 716. Ah. So, yeah, it's around 700. Annoyingly, he said by his maths... um, if you took the averages and and times them across 12, because we actually have 13 issues a year, so it's not technically one each month. If we just did one issue each month and we had 12 issues a year, it would have come to around 666 reviews. Can you believe it? But it doesn't, it's 13 issues a year. So it's 716 apparently, but so probably somewhere between mine and yours It's fine. Um, And yeah, that's pretty crazy to think that, you know, well over half a thousand views. <laughs> think about
1: how many hours of metal that is.
0: Just uh, it blows my tiny pathetic brain to even think of it. But we love it. We want more, and uh, we've got plenty more to come. As I said, we just finished off a great, um, great new issue that we're going to unveil soon. The latest issue of Metal Hammer is out right now as we speak. Tinyurl.com/gethammer to get your hands on that. Uh, and we will be back next week, right here on the Metal Hammer podcast. To talk about like mail and that um hooray because you're back everybody it's a good week good yay! yay yeah goodbye everyone
1: bye <laughs>